0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. So glad that you're here with us and so glad that today I have Ms. Kate Borsado, who is one of my favorite people on Instagram that I have been following for a little bit and finding such good information from, she is a therapist, she is a mom of two, and she's going to chat with us today about anxiety and about intrusive thoughts. And I know some of you are thinking like, what is intrusive thoughts? We'll get to that. I promise. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But we're going to just, we're going to get into the nitty gritty because you guys, anxiety is one of those things that affects pretty much every single human being, but especially for moms can be something that really weighs us down and and keeps us from being uh, the fullest version of ourselves.
1: So welcome, Kate. Thank you so much. I appreciate that intro and I'm honored to be here and to talk about a topic that isn't spoken about that openly yet so many moms experience. So if you are listening right now and you resonate to what we're sharing, just know that we are talking about this because it is so common and we want you to know that you're not alone and there's some things that you can do to feel better. So I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So let's start just with
0: the basics. Uh, I think people are pretty familiar with the term anxiety, okay. but they might not be as familiar with how anxiety can look. Like, I think yeah. when I first thought of anxiety or when I picture someone who's anxious, I think of someone like tapping their foot or, yeah. you know, um, being really nervous about going somewhere, that type of yeah. thing. But anxiety can present in so many different ways.
1: Exactly. And I I, I like starting there because it's a word that we all know. We've heard this word forever, but sometimes we don't know, like, is this normal? Is this just something that everybody feels? At what point is this a problem? What are we really talking about here? Right? So anxiety, the way most people use this term, it represents that, that sense of worry or nervousness. So we all know that feeling, right? When you're, maybe even like before you give a presentation or you have to Go up in front of a group of people. You know, that, that can feel like nerves. So anxiety feels like that. Um, it can, it can scale a lot bigger, right? So it can turn into really intense fear. Um, it can become so debilitating that you have a hard time functioning. So it, it also shows up in different ways. So some people feel physical manifestations of anxiety. So upset tummies, um, headaches, fatigue, things like that. Some people also feel Um, it manifests in their thoughts, right? So, So stressful thoughts or worst case scenarios or imagining really horrific things happening, right? So that's what we're gonna dig into a little bit more today. But just so you know, anxiety looks different for everybody. So personally for me, when I first became a mom, I struggled with anxiety. And even as a mental health therapist, I didn't really know that that's what I was experiencing. And so I always like to put that out there because sometimes people feel embarrassed or ashamed like why didn't I know that I was struggling or why didn't I know what this was I didn't even know and I was a therapist I literally went to my doctor and I said I can't breathe very well I have a lung problem like tell me what I need for my lungs like I don't know what it is but it's Mm -hmm. something and she talked to me for about five minutes and she's like Kate it's anxiety and I left her office and said like whatever that's ridiculous and then a few years later I came around I'm like yeah that's exactly what it is so that's how it showed up for me it was hard to breathe so just as you're listening notice you know how does anxiety show up for you um, and just know that it's different for everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely well I think too sometimes when you're close to a field it can be hard to to see uh to see it objectively right I mean my daughter had pinworms when when well, she was this is so gross but my daughter had pinworms when she was like uh three and um literally for like a month she had to be like it's really itchy and I'm like it's fine hold you're on fine. I think there's like a little like lint in there hold on I'll get it have a, a bath <laughs> you're <fine>. actually <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh how did I miss that as a pediatrician so yes. uh yeah. Yes. It uh, uh, happens to the best of us. And, right, and, and I agree. You know, I, I also have struggled with anxiety, um, in both of my pregnancies postpartum, uh, with, with both kids. The first time was much worse because there were a number of factors that exacerbated it. I, uh, I didn't get very much sleep. With mm-hmm. my first daughter, you know, lots of many moms don't get much sleep, but I mean, I was—I'm talking like you know, she'd sit for like 45 minutes at a time, so I was exhausted, and that made me even more anxious. Um, we thought that she had some food intolerances, and so I was cutting out a lot of different foods, and I think mm-hmm. I was kind of undernourishing myself, um, not purposefully, but just because there were more limited options right, <laughs> for me right. to eat, you know, um, and with my I finally got help at about uh six weeks eight weeks in and my second daughter when it came back around I was able to recognize it more easily and I think give myself a little bit more grace of like like just be more curious around like huh I wonder if this like you know need to have all of the items on the counter be cleared away yes yeah (laughs) more
1: curious like what's happening here wait a minute right I've yeah. noticed this before. And I, I, you you make a, a good point because I think when you're a first-time mom, you don't really know, is this normal? Is this how all moms feel? Is this just, mm-hmm. I guess this is just motherhood. Like, I remember thinking that, well, I guess this is what it means to be a mom and I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to work harder and push harder and not ask for help and push, 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 right? You And that, I hear that all the time. We're so hard on ourselves and part of it is just not knowing like should i be able to handle this am i doing something wrong and one thing i find fascinating is that when we criticize ourselves when we when we you know t- look in the mirror and say gosh i'm such a shitty mom or i'm having i'm so bad at this that triggers more anxiety that that registers as a threat in your own nervous system right and so we all kind of know this maybe in an intuitive level when we're mean to ourselves it doesn't feel good But I think it's an opportunity for those wondering, well, how do I start to feel better? This one way in is to treat yourself with some curiosity, like you said, some understanding, compassion. We know that being kind or at least understanding of yourself and why you're having a hard time is going to lower that sense of overwhelm and anxiety. It's a lot of different ways. in, And we're not going to be able to talk about all of them today. But um, you mentioning that piece around your first experience just brought that up for me.
0: Yeah. And and you're talking about, you know, neurobiologically that there are things that literally happen in our body when we get anxious. Talk mm-hmm. about kind of what, what's that state that our body gets into and um and mm-hmm. are there ways that we can get ourselves out out of that state of anxiousness in our physical bodies?
1: Yeah. Okay. I love this discussion because it, it just, to me, it just makes so much sense about why we're getting all of these suggestions to like meditate and relax and everything. It's like, Mm -hmm. why? (laughs) Um, So I like to use the term, you know, mama bear brain. So we all kind of know what that feels like when you become a mom. And actually when you become pregnant, your nervous system, so that part of your system that puts you into fight or flight mode, that keeps you safe. We need that part of our systems, but we don't need it on all the time. But often when we become pregnant and, and have babies that part of our brain is highly active and doesn't that make perfect sense right like you that's an old part of our brains that's trying to keep us safe so it's scanning for threat it's just hyper vigilant so many people feel that heightened sense of anxiety as soon as they're pregnant And so we know, you know, across the board during pregnancy and postpartum, about one in five women are going to experience anxiety. It's a lot. So you're already kind of more hypervigilant. Your nervous system, your brain is is ready and then throw in some sleep deprivation, some extra expectations, feeling like a failure, not having support and your nervous system is stressed. You're in threat mode. Okay. So this is the most important concept I think to to learn about how am I going to, manage anxiety because the only way out of that threat brain, that mama bear brain is into a relaxed state and you cannot be in both at the same time, right? So if you're Mm -hmm. in one, you're not in the other. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, it gives you clues. How am I going to get out of this anxious state? The only way out is to get into your grounded, relaxed, calm state. So that means not rushing. That means not being mean to yourself. That means Mm -hmm. asking for help actually taking some time for yourself, letting the dishes pile up in the kitchen, right? Letting things go. And I know as a mom, you hear these pieces of advice and it's like, but I can't, but I have no time, but I have no support. All those things are totally true. But, but, and how are we gonna figure out how to care for ourselves, even though all these things are true? And I know you talk about that so beautifully of like, there's so much on your plate, but you still have to find a way to care for yourself, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to And to be able to say, just no. I mean, I, I think that's the most important thing, right? And that's hard for us, I think as women, but like to, to say no to other things for a reason, I think, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say no to something if you don't have something you're saying yes to instead. Mm-hmm. So I think what I have learned over time is this, uh, this, the strategy in my mind of being able to say, you know, when I say no to the laundry today, it's because I'm saying yes to feeding my mind mm-hmm. with a Peloton class, listening to Justin Bieber. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> like these are Love these that. are that is a better like yes to me than than having a, a bed that's clear of laundry, like. Like, there are some times where when I see the laundry there, I'm like, oh no, that's the thing I want to say yes to because that actually is going to make me more relaxed to have that gone.
1: Mm
0: But gosh, the vast majority of the time, the things that kind of uh, don't mean anything threaten to take away from the things that mean the most to me or would be the most beneficial to me and to most moms, most moms that I meet. Um, I wanted to go back to that whole one in five thing on the anxiety because. Mm Like, even in my clinical training, we weren't even trained to check for postpartum anxiety. Like, depression, yes. And I think people are very, um, they seem more open to that idea of, like, of course it makes sense that when you become a mom, your whole life would be gone, your pre-baby life would be gone, Mm. and you wouldn't get a lot of sleep, and that might make you depressed if your baby's not feeding as well, or, you know, changes, shifts in hormones or that type of thing. It, it feels more accessible, mm. but the anxiety piece,
1: I feel like isn't talked about quite as much as the depression mm-hmm. piece
0: No, Is that I your
1: so. experience as well. I, I, yeah. I mean, first of all, I will echo that even when I did my training it counseling psychology master's degree, nobody spoke about perinatal mental health, even one time. And Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big problem in and of itself. So there's just this is a a very under um, trained area for it sounds like Mm -hmm. for doctors, but also mental health therapists. So that that's Mm -hmm. an issue. There are obviously organizations that are doing extra training, which is so, so important. But yeah, I mean, anxiety is just as common, if not more if not more. Right. And so it's just about talking about this more and starting to change the narrative and the understanding of what's actually happening for women. You know, it's interesting because moms have such a drive to get through the day. Right. Mm, And so this is an interesting piece. Like when we think of somebody who's depressed, you know, an individual who's depressed, we often hear like, oh, they can't function. They can't get through the day. Most moms are getting through the day. Right. Right. At Mm -hmm. least taking care of their babies, even if they feel so incredibly depressed and so anxious. The drive to continue to get through the day isn't evidence that you're okay, right? Mm -hmm. Does that that make sense? It's like- Yes, no, that's so
0: like, it's like hit so hard. That's so true. Yeah. It's because you're able to like kind of function and get things done doesn't mean that you're not depressed or not anxious.
1: It gives me goosebumps too, because it's like, no, I'm not okay. Like just because I look like I'm okay. And that's the thing with anxiety too. It often moms who are anxious, they look like they've got it going on. Like they are, Mm -hmm. their house is clean. Everything's in order. They're, you know, they've tracked all the feeding and the bottle cleanings and everything's all sorted and organized, Mm -hmm. but internally they might be crumbling or in so much pain and not maybe not sleeping because they're so they're so stressed like mm-hmm. we cannot look at somebody on the outside and determine how well they're doing we have to ask we have to ask mm-hmm. yeah
0: and and even beyond the postpartum period I mean, we're talking about babies which is a huge part of the the population that I work with but I think also even when your kids are are older right you talked about this idea of like you can't be going fast and also be relaxed and I would love to hear your take on the like over scheduling that we do for ourselves Mm. as mom and this like kind of like busyness that we create for ourselves as a Mm. symptom of, of anxiety do you see that with your clients as well and your followers of just this like this idea of like keeping yourself busy like
1: as a way to kind of keep on like driving things forward. Yeah. Or, you know Gosh, I see that as an interesting thing happening with our society and motherhood in general. You know, when you think of like, what, what it means to be busy, we often conflate busy with success, right? People say, how mm-hmm. are you? Oh, I'm so busy. Mm-hmm. I'm so busy. I got, i so tired, right? We, we all tend to do that. And so our culture is valuing being busy and, and being stressed and being overworked. And that's not any of our faults as individuals. That just seems right. to be what we've done. And then I, I think, you know, when women become mothers, or parents become parents, but I see it mostly with, with moms, mm-hmm. they take on that hustle, that like status by how hard they're working. I mean, this is in addition to all the expectations and all of the other yeah, things. But sure. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to take this way of being and apply it to motherhood. I'm going to hustle mm-hmm. so hard. I am going to you know i'm not going to miss a thing i mean i'm going to be the busiest the hardest working like the most dedicated maybe that was the way you applied yourself to work or to school or to something else your passions before and i'm going to i'm now going to nail this whole motherhood thing right and there's the, the i mean there's challenges these days because there's so many different ways to mother there's so many different ways to feed and to sleep and there's so much information how could you ever feel like you are nailing it when there is mm-hmm. so many things out there telling you that you're doing it wrong right it's like an impossible game to win so yeah I, I think that same hustle mentality is is happening in motherhood and um, there's not a lot of grace or compassion or space right for moms to just whew, slow down it is time to
0: run not walk to your bookstore or have your fingers do whatever is the equivalent of running to the Amazon store, so online to purchase our new book. It's called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself. It is a labor of love. I'm so excited to deliver this book baby to you and to help you really feel like you are winning at parenting without losing yourself, mama. If you want to also check it out at the library. It's there. Borrow it from a friend. However, I just want you to get this solid information so you can start thriving, not just surviving, in motherhood. Tell me about some of the more uncommon ways that anxiety shows up for us. We we said we we're going to talk about intrusive thoughts. I want to hear. I want to hear about that piece of it because. This is something you and I have communicated where you're like, you know about that? (laughs) I know. Nobody talks about that. And it's something
1: that can be scary for people. Okay. This is such an important conversation. So one of the key or one of the main, I should say, um, manifestations of anxiety is through our thoughts, so anxious thinking patterns. And this is not just for moms or parents. This, you know, most people have had intrusive thoughts. So intrusive thoughts are any thoughts or images, it could also be like a, a movie scene, kind of play out in your mind that is unwanted. You didn't ask for this, you didn't conjure this up on purpose, it just flashes into your mind. So, some example could be, you know, you're driving down the street and you imagined just like turning your steering wheel into oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. If you've said that to your followers, so many people would be like, Oh my goodness, I have thought that too, and I thought I was nuts. That is a very common intrusive thought. Or, you know, you're you're walking across a bridge and you're like, oh, what would happen if I just like jumped over? So I know it and I will preface and say like this sounds, yeah. it might sound nuts, it might sound scary, it might sound weird, but it's very, very common. So these are intrusive thoughts. When we are in phases of heightened anxiety, we're more likely to have more intrusive thoughts. So mothers... Mm-hmm are more sleep deprived. Anxiety is higher. You also have that fired up mama bear brain where you have something now, someone to fiercely protect. So your brain is offering all of these possible scenarios, all of these things that could go wrong, right? So for example, during pregnancy, you might have intrusive thoughts about your baby not developing properly, or you might have scary thoughts about what the birth might be like, or what's going to happen postpartum. Mm-hmm. So um, there's a few categories that these thoughts fall into, and I wonder if that would be okay if I walk through. Yeah, some of, that of course. Here. Yes, please. And they get progressively harder to deal with. So I I will say that you listeners may or may not relate to all of these, but it's so important that we name them and talk about them because they are common. So just know that you are not bad, wrong, weird at all if you have these thoughts, but you do deserve support. Okay. So the first the first category would be around sickness or contamination. And I think in this last year um, with the pandemic, I imagine a lot of moms are having thoughts about babies um, contracting COVID or themselves and what that looks like. So it, it could also be other germs or sicknesses. So this would be just a thought flash in your mind of something like that happening. The next sort of category up would be injuries. So accidental things, Falling down the stairs, getting in car accidents, um, your baby maybe running around with a fork and they fall on it, things like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the next level up would be um, violence or intentional harm toward a baby. So sometimes, let's imagine a mom in the middle of the night, totally frustrated and overwhelmed with a crying baby, which is very common and normal and understandable. Yes, <laughs> the, the, thought, the thought might flash in her mind: like, I can't handle this. What would happen if I just Put my baby outside and just left them, or threw the baby across the room, or put a pillow over the baby's face because I cannot stand that screaming noise. And again, like it's hard to hear this, it's hard to say it, but these thoughts flash into your mind. You did not choose them. You don't, it doesn't mean you want to do that thing. It just, right. Lashes. And then the fourth category, the one that is often hardest for, for moms to sit with is sexual thoughts of toward their baby. So possibly mm-hmm. you're changing the diaper and a weird thought crosses your mind, right? Uh, yeah. Or you're bathing your child and they're sitting on your genitals. And that is, a, if you know, you have a weird thought of either touching or molesting or something. Um, right. the inappropriate. Right. So the key thing, because I know a lot of people will be listening, thinking, okay, well, how do I know if that's a dangerous thought or not? So this right. is the key. Is the thought in alignment with what you want to happen? Does it, feel, does it feel like that would be a good thing? Does it feel relieving? Does it bring you joy? Do you think, yeah, that, that sounds about right? I'm going to do that. And if that's right. true, then that's a problem. That's not an intrusive thought. That's something totally different, and it's an emergency situation. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, the thoughts are highly disturbing that they create more anxiety, right? Yeah. So if, as you're listening, if you're like, oh, gosh, no, I would never in a million years want that thing to happen, then, right. that, then that's just an anxiety-driven thought. It's just an intrusive thought. It has nothing to do with what you want to do to your child. It is not uh, a dangerous situation. Yeah. So oh, I'll pause and and you let me know what's coming up for you what questions yes. have you have. Yeah. No, I mean I think Okay, hey, I'm just so glad we have you
0: here because I, I we we talked before we got on the show about like okay, how far are we going to go into this? And I and I'm glad that we're going to this level on it because I can imagine that there are moms that have been sitting with guilt over these like couple of thoughts that have come into their mind at some point or another about harming their child or about some sexual thing with their child for a second that yeah. are like, Oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person. Right. How could I have, how could I have thought that?
1: Like how um, many moms have breastfed their child and, and had nipple stimulation and had a thought cross their mind of like, this right. kind of feels like when my partner touches my nipples, right. which of course it does. It's your nipples. Right. And right. yet nobody w- wants to talk about that. Right. right? Yeah. We have to know. Totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, I,
0: and I 100% have had thoughts, I will say myself, about um, with my my oldest daughter in particular, who I love. And I would never want this to happen, of course. But of like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave you there on that bench. Like, like I'm like driving, okay. she's having a tantrum. And I'm like, look at a bench outside on the road. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to leave you there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait. No, you know, like slapping <laughs> myself. <laughs> yeah, yes. come back to reality because you're right. The second thought in my head is always like I would never want anything bad to happen to her. I love her so much. My goal is always to protect her. But in and, that moment,
1: yeah. And you didn't choose that. I I kind of think it's right. like your basic basic animal brain is is offering you suggestions or yeah. offering you an opportunity to think about risks. So I still find, so I live on an island and we take a big ferry boat back and forth to the mainland. And I still, like, I remember as a kid, I had intrusive thoughts about what would happen if I just like jumped over. Um, it gives me like this little pang of anxiety just thinking about it. That's not suicidal. That's not yeah. anything dangerous. It's just an intrusive thought. And now I have intrusive thoughts about my five and six-year-old jumping over, you know? It, it, so yeah. It just happens. And I think that's it's it's a risk. It's something that might possibly happen. It's very unlikely. And it doesn't mean anything dangerous about me. Right. So that is the that is the key, is like if this brings up anxiety and makes you feel scared or uncomfortable, that's actually a good sign. That means that this isn't something that you want. You're not dangerous. Mm -hmm. In fact, Mm -hmm. you're probably safer because you're so concerned about risk and harm coming to your baby. Your child.
0: Yeah, I love this. It's just normalizing for so many moms, what I bet they have never told a single person in their entire yeah. lives. Yeah, and have wondered about: are there higher,
1: higher levels that go beyond? What you're talking about? Those are the level, those are the high. That's the highest level. Is yeah. Like- I mean, I mean, sometimes it would be like violence can escalate to right. the extreme, and um, sexual yeah. thoughts can escalate. Sometimes, right. too, I will say, like you, you know, we gather. I, I think our brains really like gather content and ideas from the media and content that we sure. bring in. So, you know, for example, if you're having scary thoughts of things happening to your child, or you know. Um, criminals or predators or whoever potentially kidnapping, let's say. Don't read the news for a while. Like I know for me, I will never ever watch a horror movie that has to do actually I just won't watch them, period, because they make me (laughs) stressed out. So I'm just done with that now. I don't I don't read news articles about harm coming to children. Personally, that's my boundary because I know that later my brain will offer me that as a scary thought to think about. So give yourself permission to filter out content that doesn't serve you you do not have to keep up with every single thing going on in the world that's my value at least I think we need to be informed as best we can but you also have the right to keep yourself safe um yeah does that make sense yeah no I think so too Um,
0: do you know that movie free solo did you watch that documentary it's on Netflix okay go back a couple years you guys okay so it's this guy who free solos free climbs I hmm. think it's like in Yosemite or I think it's Half Dome, one of those. Anyway, it's a climbing thing. I'm not into climbing, but <laughs> okay. no, it's so, idea. so with his hands, with no like belaying equipment. I, I don't even know what the equipment is. Oh, wow. like. so, yeah. Okay. So he's going up and he's like the entire thing with his hands. And then they show him like, he's like almost slipping. And by the end of it, right now, my palms are getting sweaty. Oh. By the end of it, my palms and my feet were so sweaty and i like put them on my husband as we watching it and he's like what's wrong with you get off of me woman um <laughs> and for a week after watching that i had all of these dreams and thoughts throughout the day of myself falling off cliffs wow. and my kids falling off cliffs wow and i was like okay no, no more of that for me okay. um I really think so. I mean, I think intuitively we know that for our kids, right? Like, like you, you let your kids watch these like teeny bopper shows, um, you know, where the girls have conflictual relationships with each other the entire time. And you watch your kids start to talk to you in that same manner, or when they're with their friends to maybe act that same way. And it's just because It's not because your kid's a bad kid all of a sudden or like has changed who they are. It's just because their brain is mirroring the thing that they just saw. And so I think it makes 100% sense that then if we are consuming media, if we are consuming news that's about certain subjects, if maybe we're already a little bit prone or we're already in an anxious state, that our brain would then kind of just use that like you said in its more primitive form, to then give us suggestions related to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Somebody asked me a really great question the other day. They said, so at what point is it avoidance? Like if you, are you avoiding by mm-hmm. not watching that documentary again? And like, I know right now I'm not going to watch that documentary because that sounds right. stressful. <laughs> yeah, don't. And, <laughs> and so we don't really want to go through our life avoiding things. However, I think it comes down to what you value. So an example that I like to give is actually about rock climbing. I I know personally rock climbing, even when I'm all safely harnessed in, gives me anxiety. I don't enjoy that feeling. I don't crave that rush. I don't really like it. And the last time I did it, I said, you know what? I'm never going to do this again. So personally, I'm going to avoid rock climbing because I don't value it. It's not really going to take away from my quality of life. So I'm okay to avoid that. I'm okay to mm-hmm. avoid horror movies because I don't value them. I'm, I'm okay mm-hmm. to let that go. I'm not okay to avoid traveling or to avoid getting right. on that ferry boat and going to the mainland to see my family because I value my family. So that's a scenario that I am willing to push myself through to just feel the anxiety because I value it. So I think for anybody listening, that's kind of the determining quality. Do I Is this thing important or is it okay if I just let it go? So. Yeah. You know, if you don't value it and let it go, you don't have to push yourself. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no,
0: I I think that's a good litmus test. I want to leave people as we close out with a couple practical steps that they can take if they are noticing some things in their environment that they are doing that might be signs of anxiety, if they're more, maybe more irritable than normal and they're like huh i wonder if this is because i'm a little bit you know heightened in my anxiety level if they are having intrusive thoughts if um if they are feeling like they are having this
1: need to like stay super busy to run run and run yeah what,
0: what are some steps they can take to help
1: mm, yes good question and i like i like those tangible examples you gave as well what i will add is actually mm-hmm. insom- insomnia above and beyond your baby waking you up. So that's normal. Baby's yeah. going to wake you up or your child might wake you up. If you mm-hmm. can't fall back asleep or if your, your brain is just so busy, it's so hard to calm your brain down. And you can't fall asleep. That could also be a pretty big sign of anxiety. So mm-hmm. the in terms of what do I do, There's a lot of different things that you can do, but I think the, the foundation is that we want to think about bringing our nervous system, our whole body from that stress state into a calm, relaxed state. So Mm -hmm. running through your own mind right now, what helps you feel calm, right? So it could be literally taking downtime, which we all need as, as parents, as moms, we need to figure out how do I, how do I take my mom hat off Mm -hmm. every single day for a little while. It, you know, movement, there's a ton of research supporting exercise and movement with mental health outcomes, like really, really good, solid research. So getting in some kind of movement, if you have intrusive thoughts that are getting in the way of your life, talking to a therapist, there are ways through this. This is not something that you have to just sit with forever. You know, you can really learn how to sit with these feelings and thoughts and ride the waves of them and not let them take over your life. Okay. So Definitely speaking with a therapist. Um, gosh, I have a lot of free resources I can mention later on. Yes, like,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: No, like tell, tell people
0: about yeah. Learning yeah. more about it, right? Learning more right. about it, getting curious, and then finding reputable resources, I would say, that 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 can help. Yeah, you have a whole program that you do yes. that's about so interest. I, about.
1: Exactly. I, I and I've actually just updated it. It used to be just about intrusive thoughts. I've blown it out into anxiety and intrusive thoughts in general, because we know intrusive thoughts are a symptom of anxiety. So I want you I want you to understand what's going on, but then also figure out okay, how am I going to help soothe myself in general here? Yeah, um, And so i it's as a self-paced online program that, and I'm pricing it for less than a, a therapy session. I want it to be so accessible. Awesome. <laughs> like, I think this, you know, there's evidence around self-help programs. You don't have mm-hmm. to just go to a therapist. Not everybody can afford that. Right. And so we know that you can learn these skills of calming your mind, mindfulness, breathing techniques, really simple things that are skill based. It's not that that mom is just better than you are, or has something that you don't. These are things that we can learn. Right. We can learn how to care for ourselves. We can learn how to add ourselves to the to that to do list, that priority list. So we're not just getting kind of the leftover Cause there's no leftover time for mom. There never right. is. You have to go right. and find it. <laughs> yeah. So um I teach all of those things in my programs so that those are a few places to start. Also, if, if you're listening and you want to find a therapist, I always send moms to postpartum support international. So I believe their site is mm-hmm. postpartum.net. They have a, a directory that can hook you up with therapists across the globe who have specific training in perinatal mental health. Um, in Canada so I'm on the west coast of Canada and I have a one-on-one private practice and I actually have a team of therapists with me as well so we support moms in British Columbia but obviously not everybody is in Canada or probably very few of your listeners are yeah. in Canada So <laughs> um, oh, oh, yeah
0: yeah we have a big like Canadian following and you know our our book is coming out um here and um funny yeah the the publisher was like you're big in canada i'm like really (laughs) so um, i don't know i think maybe you guys are just a little more woke because i feel like actually a lot of the people that are in this space actually are canadian it's very interesting a lot of the experts that are in this like mom space um so maybe you guys just have a more um tender heart or better understanding of uh, of what our needs are as moms
1: uh, <laughs> like that. Uh, i don't know i think there's yeah I, there's probably a lot of different reasons to it but i just um i think like depending on where you are just we can probably link can we link in the show notes yeah here to absolutely yeah these different resources and i would say like find therapists or supports even in the social media space ask around there's some great accounts mm out there that are, you know, putting out a lot of free content that at minimum will help you understand what's going on. I think that's the first yes. piece so that you don't feel so much shame, right? You can see, yes. you can learn about what's going on for you and say, oh yeah, that's what this is. And that that's really step one is naming it. Oh, I'm feeling anxious right now. What do I need? But if we don't yes. even know that this is anxiety that's operating, then we're kind of you know, we're, we're not as ready to take action. So step one is, is mapping out how is anxiety showing up learning what's going on. And then, then you can move from there.
0: Yeah, no, I am. I'm a big proponent of, uh, knowledge is King. Um, I know that sounds cheesy, but honestly, the vast majority of things that we feel shame over are just because we don't understand like a key piece of information uh that we don't have the full picture. I remember um a couple of years ago I was learning about like blood sugar even, Mm. you know, in our diet and like how important it is to to understand like what foods spike your blood sugar and make you feel like really like irritable and bring your blood sugar down really quickly and make it so then you just like crave a bunch of stuff all the time. Mm. And what foods kind of keep your blood sugar more level. And I remember the person on the podcast, the the dietitian saying like if you're constantly having all these cravings and like needing chips and cookies and like you know all these sweets like there's and you're white knuckling it you know on the way home from work like to get like caffeine or like to have like you're not bad there's actually nothing wrong with you it's just that the foods that you're choosing aren't the ones that are going to sustain you as long so you just have to make a couple changes based off information that I'm going to give you around what foods can sustain your blood sugar. And I always think about that in relationship to this type of thing too, of like, if you understand what an intrusive thought means or can understand that it's a symptom of anxiety, or if you can understand that the reason you keep on getting mad at your partner (laughs) is because you're anxious or, you know, X, Y, Z, these behaviors, then, um, it takes the shame out of it allows you to have more self-compassion mm-hmm. and be more curious and then find some solutions that work for you.
1: Right. right. And you're not yeah. just supposed to know, right? You're not just supposed to be able right. to figure this out. Right. I thought I would be better at this. I didn't expect that I would have a hard time. Like I hear these things a lot. Right. It's It's like, we are actually not taught how to do this. Well, we are taught to To do it all on our own and to just go into motherhood thinking we're gonna be quote unquote good at everything, which is just totally ridiculous. We have very little support these days, so many expectations. And so, this is not your fault that you're struggling, not at all. But it is all of our responsibility to identify what can we do now, right? How can I take care of myself now, given that this is what's going on? That is our responsibility. And I do think, I mean, it, it starts with letting a lot go, like you've touched on. Yeah. It starts with letting things go and prioritizing yourself again. Awesome. You guys write it down. Okay. I hope <laughs> if you
0: don't already have a journal out. You need to rewind this.
1: Let's do it again. <laughs> write it down. <laughs> Thanks mm. for being here, Kate. Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: If you want more of the modern mommy dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe. So you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy dog. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks
1: for listening.